Hey there, everybody. I am so happy to be with you. It's a bank holiday, as they say here in the UK. And uh, it just feels like a beautiful, blessed day to be together in spirit. And I am hoping that my connection is good enough to support a good quality recording. If it's not, will somebody raise their hand and say star two if uh, it sounds um, less than good? (laughs) And then I'll I'll call in on uh, another method. But usually calling in on Skype sounds a lot better than calling in on the phone. So I prefer that. (sighs) So happy to be with you. We are diving deep, are we not? I really appreciate being able to connect one-on-one with people. I have uh, some more one-on-one appointments available. So uh, if you follow the link that I sent you in the email on Friday... Or if you follow the link that I placed in the Facebook group, either one will get you uh, my calendar to make an appointment. I have some appointments on Wednesday and on the weekend. So I've just been loving the one-on-one connection with people. And, uh, of course, these one-on-one appointments are totally optional for you. It's just an opportunity for us to connect, to get to know each other better, and to have some one-on-one time, which I really, it's a treasure for me. So, let's dive in here. Let's tune in and tune up. So we take a breath of love and gratitude. Oh, and we open our hearts and minds to infinite love, intelligence leading us and guiding us. We call upon the ascended masters and the ancestors. We call upon the company of heaven and we invoke divine assistance. We are consciously intending the maximum healing and peeling off layers of attachment, negativity, Confusion, regret, resentment, hurt, fear, doubt, worry, negative karma, beliefs of all kinds. We're surrendering all sense of limitation and we're opening our heart and mind to the very highest and best. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we're grateful to recognize pure spirit is all that there is and all that we are. Mm, Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we allow ourselves to become present in this moment now. We notice any physical sensations in the body temple. And we allow that awareness to bring us more fully into the now moment available for love. Available for healing. Truly calling upon the company of heaven to assist us in releasing every belief that no longer serves, every habit that no longer serves. 
We're giving the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. We're opening ourselves to the highest level of healing, the maximum healing. Breathing deeply, we intend our healing. I'm going to begin with the prayer for partnering up. I am that I am. I am my I am presence. I am one with the one, and for this I am truly grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I ask that my higher Holy Spirit self, my I am presence, lead and guide me to be in the flow of love in all moments of this day and in every area of my life. I intend to be easily led and guided to choose the highest and best in each moment. I allow myself to receive the blessings that are mine to receive. I allow myself to recognize the most loving choices this day. Higher Holy Spirit self, please make the loving choices so attractive to me that I cannot mistake them. Help me to choose love and to live my life as a joyful and abundant prayer of the heart. Help me to recognize my life is the eternal life of God. I am dedicated to being a loving and beneficial presence on this planet. I choose to be truly helpful. I share the benefits of my healing and expansion with everyone because I am one with them. I am awakening to know my true identity and the true identity of my brothers and sisters. We are one in love eternally. And for this and all the blessings I receive this day, I am so very grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I know that it is done. I allow myself to accept it. And so it is. Amen. And taking that breath, let us consciously intend our healing, our expansion, so we're moving into the grounding and clearing meditation. So deeply healing. Whether you feel it or not, it does not matter. What matters is your willingness to claim and allow your healing. Intention is so much of the work that we do. So we call upon Archangel Michael to assist us and place that Blu-ray shield of divine will and protection around our entire energy field, around our home, our family, and our finances. Every aspect of our life we are aligning with divine will. And that alignment is our protection. So we breathe deeply and we bring all the subtle energy balance bodies into balance from the front to the back and the back to the front, from the left to the right and the right to the left, from the inside to the outside and the outside to the inside, from the bottom to the top and the top to the bottom from the feminine to the masculine and the masculine to the feminine, 
all aspects of our being and all the subtle bodies coming into balance. And we send a grounding cord from the root chakra down to the center of the earth and see it attached there. And we draw in the clean green energy from deep in Mother Earth. We draw it in through our feet, like sipping on a straw, drawing it in up the legs into the root chakra. Send it down the grounding cord along with any sense of blame or shame, unworthiness, all opinions, sending them down the grounding cord. Allowing that clean green energy to circulate around and around. And then sending half of the clean green energy from the root chakra up into the upper chakra, second chakra, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat chakra, filling the head, third eye, out the top of the head, three feet up in the air, spraying like a fountain. We're claiming our healing. So grateful that we have a tool that we can use that costs us nothing. We're eternal, infinite beings, so even time, it cannot cost us time does not take time. That's an illusion. Spiritual practice saves time. So we just allow that clean green energy to restore and renew us beautifully. Taking that breath, drawing in the white light from above, like a a rain of sweet white stars around us, a beam of white light coming in the top of the head, crown chakra, bringing it all the way through into the grounding cord down to the center of the earth and seeing that white light spread out throughout the earth. Surrounding and enfolding Mother Earth, surrounding us, white light on the inside, white light on the outside, restoring, renewing. We're consciously intending that our vibration be lifted to the very highest that we can hold and maintain. We're calling for a cleansing and a clearing in all of our chakras. I am the purity of all my chakras. I am the purity of all my chakras. I am the purity of all my chakras. Breathing deeply. 
giving thanks for all of our teachers. Giving thanks for every teacher known and unknown, heard and not heard, felt and not felt, seen and not seen, recognized and unrecognized. We're consciously intending to harvest the learning of everything that we've experienced. All the lessons that we've blocked, we're now opening our heart to them, opening our consciousness to them. We're consciously intending to release, resolve, and dissolve the memories that no longer serve us. We're consciously intending to release all judgments and to recognize that the thing that truly matters, the only thing that matters, is awakening to spirit. And from this, the power, the love, the wisdom, the clarity, the healing, and all the blessings that we could possibly imagine for ourselves, for our family, for the world, they flow. They flow from our willingness to choose the one thing that matters, waking up. And we're choosing that now with our whole heart. So grateful for everyone in all directions of time and space who has helped us to try to wake up. Breathing deeply, we see the rainbow Taurus ring in our heart and at the edge of our aura turning, sending rainbows of love and light from our heart to the heart of the universe and receiving rainbows of love and light right back again. Rainbows of love and light to and fro in all directions, 360 degrees. We're grateful for our healing and all the blessings that we receive this day, and we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. So good. There's so much healing available to us, and the more we open to receive it, the more we can experience it. Remember, all unworthiness comes from judging. All blocks come from judging. So we're learning to release all judgments, to have trust and faith. Faith is everything. Right? So a couple of things. Uh, the two books that I'm inviting you to read, again, nothing is mandatory. It's all optional. The main thing is for you to have even a 
five-second spiritual practice. <laughs> it's uh, it's quality, not quantity, and its consistency is consistency is wonderful, and the main thing is that you're you're doing something. And I, th- I really truly believe that the greatest thing is to see your whole life as your spiritual practice. I wrote about that in the blog, I think it was yesterday. So the two books I'm inviting you to read, Nothing is Mandatory, Angels in My Hair by Lorna Byrne, and The Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace, which is about the chakras. And so... We're going to be talking about the root chakra. I'm inviting you to start to crack your second workbook, workbook number two. And we're going to do the root chakra inquiry. And we'll be talking about that next week. And we'll be talking about angels in my hair coming up. So we're we're going to in a sense finish up the trust and faith topic here. And the fastest way I know to have a deep and abiding faith is to practice placing your trust in love in the invisible. So this is why I talk about how I learned to cultivate that radical trust and how life-changing it was for me. Because when I would have doubt, I would simply say to myself, it's not my problem. I put it on the altar, and on the altar, it's going to stay. And I learned how to do that. And so, of course, when I first learned how to do it, it was very tempting to keep snatching it off the altar and try to work my will or think about it or question or doubt. And I kept putting it back on the altar, leaving it on the altar. And that's what helped me so much. And one of the big issues with trust, as I've talked about, is if you don't keep the agreements that you make to yourself, then you're going to notice that other people don't keep their agreements with you because everything is a projection of your own experience. So if in a past life, perhaps, you betrayed many people, then it may seem that in this life you are betrayed by other people. However, if you can see that seeming betrayal as an opportunity for you to have compassion and forgive yourself, forgive us our debts and our debtors, forgive us our trespassers, those who trespass against us and our own trespasses, because really there is only one. So what we do to others will be done to us. So anything that seems to be done to us, it's a call for forgiveness because it's really happening to us so that we can forgive ourselves for the errors that we made in previous 
incarnation and some other aspect of our life, our awareness, our history. And so the fastest path to our awakening and not repeating the same mistakes is forgiveness and compassion. And when we cultivate trust and faith, it's easier to have forgiveness and compassion. So I want to see if anybody has any questions about this. Any questions from recent weeks? Any questions at all? Star two to raise your hand. Anybody have a question? All right. When we have judgments and opinions, we're placing our trust and faith in our perception. Our perception is always the outpicturing of our belief system. So can you see, can you recognize, recognize, remember that if what you perceive, unless your heart is loving, all you can perceive rather than the truth is your history. It's your belief systems. So if you have an experience where it seems like somebody betrays you and that's your perception, they're bad, they're wrong, they did something to me, they should be punished. I'm going to resent them. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm going to judge them. Then you're placing your trust and faith in your perception, which is your opinion, which is your belief system. It's not the truth. If you knew the truth, if you knew that that betrayal was happening to you so that you could forgive yourself for your trespasses and another incarnation, another part of your existence in this illusion, and that your sense of self-worth, your sense of freedom, your prosperity, your ability to seek the kingdom first. Everything depended on your ability to have compassion and to forgive. But you say, no, they don't deserve it. What you're really saying is, I don't deserve it. I'm going to continue to punish myself because I don't feel worthy of love because of my trespasses in the past. And they're now projecting out onto the screen of my life in this lifetime. So you see, this is the thing that we're beginning to recognize is that divine grace really is in every aspect of our experience. Because divine grace is the very thing that is bringing these events and situations and circumstances into our experience so that we can look at them again and choose again. 
looking at them again, perhaps for the first time in this lifetime. So, for instance, I was sharing with somebody recently that um, I could say, and I was talking about this in my class on Friday and Living of Course in Miracles, I, I could say that, my, which I used to say, I used to think, oh, my family is so judgmental. They've made me so judgmental, and, and now I'm so miserable because I'm so judgmental. I'm so unkind all the time. Why can't I be more loving? Why can't I be kinder? And for a long time, I resented my family, and I blamed them for how I felt. But then, because I was committed to waking up, and I kept praying and praying and praying and praying, and I didn't give up, I had a realization. And remember, Ernest Holmes says, the only time it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. How long does it take to have a realization? Totally depends on your willingness. So I had the realization that, aha, I chosen my family because they were so judgmental. I had chosen them because I was interested in healing that belief system. So what better way to heal it than to be immersed in it and then discover or recognize the futility of it, the suffering caused by it, and then to be converted to heal myself and to share with others. If I had never been judgmental, if I had been loving and kind since the minute I was born, if I had been a sweet little innocent girl growing up, and instead of angry and judgmental and attacking and all of those things, and then I suddenly, in my adulthood, after having been so kind and sweet for all those years, said, you know, judgment is not good. Judgment creates suffering. Give up your judgment, people. It's uh, it's much happier. Look at me. I've never had any judgment, and my life is so good, and I'm so kind, and I'm so wonderful. I don't think that many people would really listen to me. Like, well, what does she know? She doesn't know what it's like to be attached to your opinions and judgments. She doesn't know what it's like to say, I'm never going to forgive you, and to make that vow a thousand times like I have. She doesn't know what it's like to hold a grudge. What does she know? It's easy for her to say, oh, yeah, forgive everybody, have no judgment. But she doesn't know anything. But instead, I had this life where I was so committed to my judgments. I thought my judgments were my identity. I really did. And I thought without my judgments, I would be nothing. Seriously. And so from this vantage point, I'm sharing from being asleep at the wheel to in the process of waking up. And so many people have told me over the years, oh, my God, Jennifer, when you share your events and stories and the way you used to think and all of that, I think that's me. That's exactly how I feel. And so then people think, well, she 
has taken these steps. It's working for her. Perhaps it can work for me. And then people start doing it, and they start having a healing experience. So if you think of Jesus uh, in his walk on this earth, he was constantly being attacked and questioned and all of that. And he had to be so strong in his inner fortitude. Same with Buddha in order to wake up. But what did Jesus say to us? Even more shall you do. Because he had he had to go all over the place to find some holy people that he could study with. We just have to tune into the internet, right? So there's so much more that's possible for us. But if we think, well, I don't know what's possible for me. I can barely um, go 10 minutes without judging something. Well, that's how I used to feel, but it's not that way anymore. And now when I'm judgmental, which every day I notice judgments, I I place them on the altar and I... I don't feel identified with the judgments. So it's a real shift because now I put my trust and faith in love to do the healing. I put my trust and faith in love to do the healing. Anybody have any questions? Anybody want to share? Star two to raise your hand. Now, uh, let's see, I'm just looking, I'm going to take a sip of my tea here. Nobody's, oh, all right, we've got someone in Wisconsin here. My computer's a little slow, but there you are. Somebody in Wisconsin? You, Hello? Uh, hey, there you are. <laughs> uh, I had little bit challenges with my phone today, and I wasn't on time in time for your uh, show. But I got final result. My ID worked, so I'm so oh, good. Great. Thank you, Ida. So I guess somebody was trying to teach me how to be more patient when I have a problem, <laughs> challenges with the computer. So I mm-hmm. said, okay, I will <laughs> So I'm so grateful for yesterday's talk. And um, what I realized this morning, I just told myself that I came to this planet to heal myself, to heal my soul and to heal past karma and uh, to recognize what that's not my body is a good way to think. And um, and what uh, we came to live as love, because everyone is love, and to see in everyone as love. And kind of thought came like, that's not my body. The body is just to to experience this life here. We have a formal mm-hmm. body. Is it a good way to think about? 
uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Gita, I just want to say, so you and I had our one-on-one yesterday, just so for people say, oh, what happened yesterday? I don't know, maybe I missed it. Um, so one thing to think about, too, that I think is extremely helpful to us, Gita, is that my belief is that we chose to take incarnation in order to have an accelerated process of awakening. And in this accelerated process of awakening, by having this experience of multiple lifetimes within the illusion, what we're doing is we're having an experience of our thoughts creating. So we get to experience what it's like to make our world and our universe. And it's a way for us to better understand our creator. It's a way for us to better understand ourselves through the experience of karma and the law of cause and effect. So because our spirit is birthless and deathless and unchanging, perfect, whole, and complete, no matter what we choose in this human experience, we can experiment. And it's not that nothing we do in this world matters, which is how some A Course in Miracles students take it, that, well, if this is an illusion, then what difference does anything I choose make? My belief is, my understanding is, is that rather than nothing matters in this world, everything in this world matters. Everything. Because our slightest intention is going to have an effect. All of our beliefs combine into an effect. And we have an opportunity to wake up very quickly or very slowly as we choose. And regardless of what we choose, all is still well. Thank you. Yeah. Do do you have any follow-up questions? Um, I just was wondering if it's okay to say what, like imagining what you're using this body just to go for all your healing and to, not to judge, not to believe about yourself uh, as that person. Um, uh, what I guess not to be attached with your body. Um, yes, that's about right. your body, worries about body, or what right. others could say about your body or you. Um, so, like you in a body, but at the same time, probably you not. You have some many layers, like you said. Um, Many, yeah, um, I, I, I think it's helpful to think of the body like a vehicle 
that you're traveling mm-hmm. in temporarily and that every cell fiber and function of your body is a gift from the universe that the the elementals the ethers the elements have arranged themselves in this collaboration this consciousness collaboration and that uh, again we don't know what anything is for and yet there's such a temptation to idolize the body and either make it uh, like a a god or an idol uh, a treasure that we cherish or to uh, blame it to attack it so it's about, and it's a rare person that really uh, honors the body, accepts it for what it is, this temple vehicle that makes it possible for us to have the human experience. It's a rare person that really loves and honors the body without idolizing it. And, um, you know, many people... Uh, dislike their bodies, feel let down by their bodies, feel their body is attacking them, that something's wrong with their body. And so then it's like anything else. If you look at it over and over again and say bad, wrong, bad, wrong, bad, wrong, bad, wrong, that that's going to have an effect on every cell, fiber, and function. Part of the reason why I have people do the medicine water practice, which that that's in the video um, archive there at Masterful Living, and also to watch that movie, Water, the Great Mystery, which you can find on YouTube, or there should be links there in the video, Masterful Living videos, My preferred way to watch it is to get the DVD, which you might be able to do from the library or from Netflix or to purchase it online. Um, There's also, uh, I think, Karma Tube or something like that. You can watch it there. Water, colon, The Great Mystery. It's a wonderful documentary with a Nobel Prize winning or nominated scientists talking about how water has memory. And so our body, of course, is mostly water, and water has memory. So what we're thinking about is imprinting our cellular structure. So I think it's very valuable to consider the body and to... uh, Really pay attention to how you hold the body in your mind. Thank you so much. It's really helpful. And I'm going to go to watch that movie, too. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Gita. (laughs) God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I am going to mute Gita out there. And uh, I am uh, going back to the trust and uh, development of trust section. 
going to um, the period of settling down. Um, it says, uh, and this is paragraph six in the development of trust in the teacher's manual, chapter four, page 10 in my book, where the period of settling down is a quiet time where we rest a while in reasonable peace and consolidate our learning. Now we begin to transfer the value of what we've learned. And it says, the potential is literally staggering, and the teacher of God is now at the point in his progress in which he sees in it his whole way out. So we're all at different stages of our awakening, in a sense. And... um I do recall that awareness of realizing, okay, if I've got 10,000 negative thoughts a day and I place 10 of them on the altar each day with great sincerity and true willingness, then in three years I can reduce all the negativity in my mind and I can be free and clear. And I thought, I can do this. I can really do this. I can wake up. And I made the decision, I'm going for it. I'm going to stop saying, you know, that my waking up is lifetimes away or even the next lifetime or whatever. No, it's happening in this lifetime. That's what I am choosing and I'm deciding to do it. And I don't know, have to know how to do it. But you see, then in the next section where it says it's the period of unsettling, unsettling, so there's a period of settling down and then a period of unsettling. Now must the teacher of God understand that he did not really know what was valuable and what was valueless. You know, because, and that's true, we're constantly waking up to realizing, oh, I really valued that. And now I see it has no value whatsoever. And we realize that a lot of what we learned is not valuable. And that's why, in a lot of ways, I stopped learning things about this world because this world is really not what interests me anymore. What interests me is to see beyond time and space. So I used to have this opinion that I really wanted to have lots of information and be really smart about things and understand history and science and things like that. And uh, I was really interested in understanding or having knowledge of the information about human history. But then there came a point in my spiritual awakening when I realized that is of very little use to me. And if there is anything about human history that is valuable to me or that I need to know, because all minds are joined and everything is known everywhere, I can know it through direct knowing, not through learning it, studying it, memorizing it from a book. So I stopped learning in the same way. And I started to learn through direct knowing and understanding. 
So people are often saying, oh, you you would be interested in this book. You would be interested in that book. And it's rare that I read uh, a new book. <laughs> and what I am doing, though, is I am reading many of the same books over and over again, like A Course in Miracles and uh, different teachings of Jesus, because that, to me, contains everything. The teachings of Jesus pretty much contain everything I am interested in. And so I'm not studying them to memorize them, but to remember the truth that sets me free. So a period of unsettling follows a period of settling down. Now must the teacher of God understand that he did not really know what was valuable and what was valueless. All that he really learned so far was that he did not want the valueless and that he did want the valuable. So that's what I found. I have been studying so many spiritual teachings and so many things for years and all of that. And I realized, okay, now all that matters is being able to choose love, compassion, forgiveness, and the rest of it, not so important. So, I really moved into that space of cognizing what is truly valuable. So, and it says, his own sorting out was meaningless in teaching him the difference between what was valuable and what was valueless. So, we do go through that period of sorting out where we're trying to figure out what is valuable and what is valueless, what has no value. And the thing is, is if we're identified with the ego, when we're doing that sorting out, who's doing the sorting? Exactly, the ego. It says, the idea of sacrifice so central to his own thought system has made it impossible for him to judge. So one of the things that spiritual students get in their minds is that there must be a great sacrifice if we're going to wake up, that we have to sacrifice our attachments to having fun and having nice things and being able to self-medicate and uh, have sex and uh, all the many things that we get attached to. We think we're going to have to take a vow of chastity and a vow of poverty and we're going to have to go into isolation and all of these things. And many spiritual students fantasize about doing those things, thinking they should do them because it would be easier. But it's not true. The most productive path of awakening is to have a family, to be living with your family, and to deal with those challenges each and every day. Because our relationships are our greatest tool in our waking up because 
everyone in our family then is a projection of our belief systems helping us to work out those belief systems. This is why, uh, like Evelyn was sharing a few weeks ago, that her sweetheart suddenly had a total t- turn uh, in in the way he was approaching her and talking with her, and it just came out of the blue. You see, and these are the kinds of results that happen when we do our inner work and free our loved ones from our judgments and opinions of them. Because our judgments and opinions of them become like a prison that we hold them in. Remember, they are a projection of our own minds. So we don't have to uh, have vows of poverty or chastity. Think of it this way. For people who were spiritually immature and were um, so completely swayed by the body and the cravings that of the mind that are projected into the body, the sexual cravings, food cravings, drugs, alcohol cravings, all the craziness of the ego, if the only way to try to get some distance from all of that was to use the ego to force yourself to become celibate, abstinent, to take a vow of poverty, that you had to go to that extreme, which is still the ego driving your spiritual practice. But it does give you some leverage to try and um, not be so driven by the senses. Because one of the things we must do in our waking up is we must develop the mental discipline to see that the cravings of the body are completely, completely of the ego. And you see, if we're identified with the ego, then we're identified with the body. And so we'll see those cravings and, you know, whatever they are to self-medicate in whatever form, we'll see ourselves as that one who is craving the self-medication. And so we'll label ourselves bad, we'll label ourselves as sinners, as weak, and all of that. But the only reason that we have that experience of the cravings and all of that is because our mind is identified with the body and with the ego. Any questions about any of that? Star two to raise your hand. At any point, if you have a question, you can raise your hand. It says here, he thought he learned willingness, but now he sees that he does not know what the willingness is for. We thought we just had to be willing to be open, but we didn't understand what the willingness is for. Now he must attain a state 
that may remain impossible to reach for a long, long time. So we have to attain a state that may remain impossible to reach for a long, long time. We must learn to lay all judgment aside and ask only what we really want in every circumstance. So that's what we have to attain. To learn to lay all judgment aside and ask only for what we want in every circumstance. And this is the most critical stage of our journey here. It says, were not each step in this direction so heavily reinforced, it would be hard indeed. So we must lay all judgment aside and ask only for what we really want in all circumstances. So what is it that we really, truly desire? We desire to wake up, to know ourselves as the I am presence, to seek the kingdom first, which is within, knowing that all else will be added unto us. And what I can honestly testify to is the more I lay all judgment aside, the more easily I am able to manifest whatever it is I need when I need it. And if I would like a thing, a lot of times, like, you know, most of the time, there's not a whole lot that I would like to have because I'm so content with living very simply. It's easier, actually, to live simply. And so I prefer it. I, If I had a, a great wealth, which I wouldn't mind having a great wealth, but if I did, then there would be all kinds of responsibilities and things that would be required of me. And I actually am very content to live quite simply. And so for me, I'm very happy to have some good tea and some good food and uh, a nice place to live that doesn't need to be ostentatious or anything like that. And um, a nice view, a good place to walk, and my books, and my laptop, some Wi-Fi, and I'm good to go. And uh, I don't need to go on vacation and travel a lot or do any of those things. Although I do travel, it's not because I feel really that I want to see anything. I just go where I feel called to go because I know there's some something energetically there for me to do or to receive or to share. And so I am living in that place of trust and faith. And what the biggest thing that got me there is exactly what I just read. Learn to lay all judgment aside and ask only what you want in every circumstance. So in every circumstance, I'm asking for my awakening. That's it. That's it. You know, from time to time, a friend will say, 
you know, Jennifer, you've put so much effort into teaching these classes and building a worldwide ministry. What if it all collapsed? What if the Internet went down? I'd say I would just know that there's some fabulous opportunity for me in that. And I would feel fine because I do feel compelled to share, but I don't feel I need to share because I do know all minds are joined. So it's interesting. There's a difference. I feel compelled to share, but I don't feel I need to share. And how I got here was my willingness to trust, to place my faith in love. And I've had many situations where I felt very challenged and I wanted to move into thoughts of revenge and attack and work my will and manipulate like I used to. And I just said over and over and over again, I'm going to trust love. I'm going to trust love. I'm going to trust love and following my heart to be loving when my old way would have been to try to get gain some advantage, to attack, to manipulate, to control, to abandon, to leave. And now I've learned to stay and have trust and faith that even though I don't know what comes next, even though I don't know what to say or what to do, it will be given to me. And as an example of that, for three years, I spoke at Project Service LA, the spiritual community I co-founded with Jesse Brune in Los Angeles. And for three years, I spoke there almost every Sunday. And more most of the time, when I would stand up to speak, as I was getting up from my seat to go to the microphone and talk, I did not know what I would be speaking about. And I just learned that it would all come and it would be perfect. And I have practiced that, that placing that trust and faith in my connection with God. So that ability to place your trust and have faith in God comes from being loving. Because, and this is key, if you give yourself permission to attack whether you're attacking yourself, a corporate entity, whether you're attacking your parents, your family, your co-workers, does not matter. If you give yourself permission to attack, then this is what you're doing. You are projecting into the world and you are activating by the law of cause and effect a world view that A, you have a right to attack, therefore others have a right to attack. 
your mind and your heart are not safe for others. Therefore, the world will not be safe for you. You will never feel safe in the world. You will always feel afraid. And because you're not being loving, you will never feel worthy of love. Those who love feel worthy of love. Those who control and manipulate do not feel worthy of love. Those who attack do not feel worthy of love. Those who manipulate and connive, those who act like victims and feel victimized, it's all a game in their minds. And it's all the opposite of placing your trust and faith in love. It is placing your trust and faith in your belief systems, which are the manifestation of your karmic history. And so the way that this world works is your karmic history, by means of your beliefs, is projected into the world, onto the screen of your life, and then you view it and you affirm your belief system by perceiving what you view through the lens of your belief system, thereby strengthening it, making it seem even more real to you. And the only way to interrupt it is to look at your experiences, your circumstances, your situations, and say, I don't know what anything is for, except that it's for my learning. I am going to hand over all the opinions and judgments. I'm going to lay all judgment aside and ask only for what I really want in every circumstances. Every circumstance. I am going to say, I'm only interested in the loving choice. I'm only interested in waking up. I am not interested in re-experiencing these belief systems anymore. I am willing to choose my mind, choose love, <laughs> my mind. It's interesting how Spirit had me say that. To choose the divine mind, to align with divine will. So we have free will to keep repeating our history by not perceiving correctly. Or to choose again and choose love. I don't know what anything is for. The only way that we can say that is if we trust love to teach us. You see, and the higher Holy Spirit self, the I am presence, is always available to teach us. If we're willing. It takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. That is so key in this development of trust. To me, the two statements that are the big keys, it takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful in paragraph four, and 
He must learn to lay all judgment aside and ask only for what he really wants in every circumstance. I also love very simply, give up what you do not want and keep what you do. So you don't want the things that cause your suffering and what you want is your ability to love and be loved, to be the perfect giver and receiver of love. That's why I call it a process of elimination to reveal the illumination that's already there. Any questions about this? This is so key to our journey in Masterful Living. Star two to raise your hand if you have a question. Anybody have a challenge that you'd like help with? So as I said last week, um, I invite you to... uh, Write the letter to yourself, which is the last inquiry in the workbook, workbook one. And to crack open workbook two, take a look through it. Some of the things are the same. There are some new things in it. And we're going to be talking about the first chakra. And... uh so much good stuff coming up. Oh my goodness. We're we're laying the groundwork and we are going to really open our hearts and minds in this next four months. So you can start to read about the chakras. Again, I highly recommend Carolyn Mace's book, Anatomy of the Spirit, which is in your bookstore, and also Angels in My Hair by Lorna Byrne, which is in your bookstore. We're going to start, we're going to talk about next week the root chakra. And so you can read about that in your workbook in preparation for our class next week. And please bring your questions. And I think that's all I have for you today. If nobody has a question or a share, anybody have a share? Anybody having uh, anybody have a breakthrough lately? An aha, an insight that would be helpful to all of us? A testimonial? I know that you do. All right. Well, let's place our hand on our heart and take that breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited and the unprecedented. 
We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self and we're declaring that we're willing to lay all judgment aside. We're willing to choose only that which is truly valuable. And we are grateful and thankful that the Ascended Masters, the Archangels, the Company of Heaven walks with us in every moment, assisting us, supporting us. And so we are divinely guided and led. And we're allowing ourselves to receive that guidance, that insight, that clarity. We're grateful and thankful to accept our healing, to allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. I love you. I thank God for you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.